Cam Cam Rising win the 2023 Pac-12 Player of the Year Award? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On YouTube your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, we're almost at 900 subscribers, so I want to thank you guys, those of you who already subscribed and support the show. And if you're new, my name is JT Wisto, a former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, like, comment. would love to interact with you guys in the YouTube channel. Also, you can hit us up on Locked On Utes on Twitter and my own personal feed, at GT with still on Twitter. Today's episode of Lockdown News is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. On today's show, we're going to be diving into how Cam Rising can win the 2023 Pac 12 Player of the Year Award. And I'm going to start off right away by saying Cam can absolutely win this award. I think there's a lot of people who might rule him out at a glance, right? Because you look at we're going to talk about in a little bit how much talent there is in this conference, especially at the quarterback position. There's a lot in terms of quarterback play. It's going to be the best conference in college football this coming season. I don't think that's a hot take. I'm sure there's some people who would beat their chest about the SEC just because it's the SEC. But when you look at all the talent we're going to talk about in a little bit, it resides in the Pac-12. But Cam is definitely amongst the cream of the crop when we're talking about that group. But first, let's just talk about Cam specifically and how he can win the award. I think the first big thing when you're talking about Cam's chances of the 2023 three pac player of the year award are the injury. He has the injury, lower leg injury. We don't know exactly what it is. There's a lot of speculation out there. Coach Witt was recently asked about it in a piece on the athletic and he wouldn't elaborate as usual, but he did say he expects Cam to be ready for the season opener. Now that is the big thing. I think anytime you're talking about winning in a major, major award, you have to be good to go for the majority of the season. You can miss a couple games, maybe one or two, but anything over three is where it gets really tough. I mean, I look at the 2021 season, and if I think if Cam had started that season for Utah, and look, obviously, if they had won a couple of those early on games, right, I think Cam would have been the Pac-12 player of the year because in terms of Pac-12 play itself, he was absolutely sensational. But, you know, Drake London ended up getting that one. And uh, Drake London, speaking of him, it kind of relates to overall one of the things you need in order to get this award is you do need to have be a bigger name in the past. Drake London. Zach Moss has gotten this. Andrew Luck going back to those guys like that, right? So guys who did have monster seasons, but it also helps to be a big name, someone who's well-known, and you're going to have the eyes on you too. Sure, the surprise factor can help when you take everyone by storm and shock everyone, but you know, in a way, that's kind of what we saw Michael Penix do, right? Michael Penix surprised everyone. No one thought he was going to do what he did last year at Washington, and look, they had a really good season, but you didn't see him really at, towards the top. It, look, Caleb Williams ran away with this award, right? I mean, he was the Heisman winner, of course, but surprising can only do so far you got to show up in those big moments and deliver and do those make those timely plays and throws and Penix did that a lot but he didn't do it over the course of the season if we look at the loss against Arizona State being a big kind of blemish against him also lost that bout to DTR which that's also significant we'll talk about why in a second but going back to the injury thing yeah Cam as we said we can't speculate on the other stuff we know he's not going to be there for spring ball but as far as we know Cam's going to be ready for the season opener and that is that's huge I mean like I said you got to be able to play the whole season and why is the season opener important? Well, it's going to be against the Florida Gators. All eyes are going to be on him. And one thing that's big when you're talking about these player of the year awards and everything, 
are the narratives to what's kind of going on around it, right? Let's look at Caleb Williams last year, right? The the new guy in terms of Pac-12 play, right? Like it did some unbelievably special things at Oklahoma. But what was he going to bring in Pac-12 play? There was this aurora of USC football. Is going to be back Lincoln Riley's first year? And yeah, they were back. They delivered on all those things until the Utes got him twice last season. But those that kind of that storyline going into the season really propelled them. I think one of the things Cam has kicking off is number one is what does he look like after the injury, can he lead this team to a three-peat? There's a lot of narratives and storylines working in Cam's favor of why he will be discussed like this. Anytime you're the quarterback who's led your team to back-to-back conference championships, you're going to be one of the guys who's mentioned amongst the finalists, or in my bad, not the finalists, because we'll get to that later in the season, but the front runners for this award going into the season, right? So that's why I think Cam has a nice opportunity here. But why is that Florida game important early on? Because I do think Cam really needs to be ready to go early on the season if he does want to be mentioned amongst some of these major guys who are going to be factoring in for this award. Well, more than likely that game is going to be a Thursday night. We talked about that last week with Porter Larson, and it's a Thursday night game. I haven't taken a look at the college football Thursday night slate for August 31st. Utah versus Florida will be one of the most high-profile games. I don't know if it'll have the same same surrounding hype as it was for Utah going down to the swamp for Billy Napier's first game, Utah coming fresh off their first Pac-12 championship. I just don't think there's the same level of hype and excitement that around the Florida program. I'm sure Brandon Olson will have some words about that when we eventually do the crossover preview in that game. But Anthony Richardson gone, Billy Napier's been there a little bit, and it's not a home game for a first-time head coach. You're on the road and you're going up. Look, they'll come out fired up to play all that. But as I mentioned, I don't think there will be as many eyes on, especially because it's not Saturday night primetime. But I will also argue this. Just because there's not as many eyes that watch the game doesn't mean it couldn't be the major story heading into the next day, right? Because what sometimes the biggest stories aren't what everyone's watching, too. It's some of these smaller games where guys come out, ball out, and do these things, and then everyone's taken by storm because what were they not doing? They weren't watching the Thursday game. They were doing something else, but then they're like, what did I miss? What did this Cam Rising guy do on Thursday? And look, Cam has done a lot of special things, as we know, but that Florida game was a blemish on it last year. So I think if you look at it, if you ball out on that Thursday against Florida, one of the big things when you talk about these awards is to have a good start. you got to get off to it early. Every MVP conversation, if you have a first good one to two week games early on, that can really keep your name in the finalists or in the front runner of the awards for a long time to come. We've seen that with, I remember Steph Curry for the NBA, for example, for last, uh, last season, not this current one, but he was in the MVP for a long time just because really what he had did early on because then he got hurt and then he got, got taken out. But because he had such a strong start, first impressions are very important. All you guys know that. If you have a very strong first impression, it's going to carry you a while. And it's just hard to pull yourself out of that when you start low in terms of how you climb your way back over the course of a season. As Cam, you know, that was kind of a blemish on his record, obviously. It was in the biggest moment of the game, he threw an interception. It's not the player he is, we know, because he's come up clutch so many other times before. But as I mentioned, I think a lot of people, yes, if it was a Saturday night primetime game, it might do better. But I don't know if it was even going to be a Saturday night primetime game. I think a Thursday night will give a lot of the early college football fans a look at this Utah football team. There will be So there will be a lot of eyes on them. I think it will be the ESPN game, I would guess. I don't know the other ones up there. So you're going to get eyes on it. And even the people who don't watch, when they look up on their Twitter feeds and search on ESPN next morning, if the first thing they see is Cam Rising balling out against Florida on there, that kind of gets that start a little bit right. The hype, that national attention around him, I think that'd be something that'd be really big for Cam's chances at getting off to a hot start in order to get him in position to eventually win Pac-12 Player of the Year is balling out against a tough non-conference schedule. I just think that would be huge for Cam, and I think he's very well capable of having a strong game against Florida at home where he's been exceptional, as we know, has some memorable moments. If he can come in off that injury, look, he's not going to get – 
he's missing spring ball. So he's going to be behind in terms of some of the reps, but this is a guy who's been to the biggest games in the college football landscape. I don't worry about cam rising in that regard. I think he's going to be ready to go when his number is called and when it's time for him to get on the field. So I am excited for cam. And I think that because he's ready to go early on, he's going to have an awesome opportunity to make a big impression, not just against Florida, but it's one thing to do it at home. We know going on the road to Baylor is another big game for Cam Rising in terms of his Pac-12 Player of the Year chances or whatever other awards that's going to be. Because once again, you don't want it being like, oh man, Cam was so awesome Pac-12 play, but he had those stinkers early on. And I, yes, I understand. Look, if Cam balls out and the other things like that, it probably those bad performances may not be a detriment to him. But when the margin's going to be razor thin because of how good all these other quarterbacks we're going to talk about here in a little bit are, then you got to have all the showings you can get. And I think balling out on a big stage against not just Florida on a Thursday night with a lot of those eyes on you because it's a Thursday night crowd, but also balling out in Waco on the road, tough Big 12 program. Baylor always comes ready to play under Dave Aranda. I think those would only be great things for Cam Rising. And I think balling out in those two games would give him that strong initial impression that could put him and give him that strong push leading into Pac-12 play of why he'll be the front runners going into the season or on the watch list, we'll call it the watch list as I finally find the word I wanted to use for that nine minutes into the dang show. But as you look at the watch list, I think those two strong performances can only further enhance Cam's chances of having more eyes on him in order to put himself in a position to win that award. We're going to come back in and not only talk about the comp other competitors that Cam's going to have for this award, spoiler alert, it's going to be mostly quarterbacks next season, but we're also going to talk about a couple of things that Cam needs to do in order to put himself in that position outside of a strong impression in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know the success in 2023 all depends on team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more effectively by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates you for your opening jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job posts, companies, and their 875 million profiles to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs has tons of candidates out there ready to go to work for your guys's. I know personally, I have tons of friends who use LinkedIn Jobs. I know I've gotten great opportunities through LinkedIn. There's just great resume tools and lots of things that LinkedIn Jobs can do to help you find the best qualified candidates because there's a lot of people ready to go out there, ready to work. You can find them on LinkedIn. They're actually rated number one by small businesses rate LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay, coming back in. Talk about this one. Let's talk about all the other people who are going to be in the running for this award with Cam Rising, right? Let's start with Mr. Obvious himself, who, in my opinion, is the front runner to be the first overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Caleb Williams coming off a Heisman campaign. He's got a pretty good narrative working for him, too, right? The revenge path after a disappointing end of the season, not just against Utah, but obviously in the bowl game didn't exactly work out in his favor either. So, you know, he's going to be fired up. Michael Penix coming back to school was a surprise. He absolutely lit it up at Washington. Bo Nix coming back to Oregon, another surprise. The guy who did some great things. I think when you're talking about Caleb, Michael, and Bo plus Cam, I think those are the four guys I look like that I think it's going to come down to. But I'm going to throw in two other names in there too. Um, Shador Sanders, of course, he's gotten a lot of hype early on with Dion. I don't think it's going to, I don't think he's going to be in this, but I at least want to give him the respect of look, he was, he's a very talented quarterback. There's a lot of hype around Colorado. He's going to have the eyeballs on him. I think if he balls out, there's a chance he could be amongst this group. And I don't doubt that he's going to throw for a lot of yards at Colorado next season. I'm just not sure if they're going to have, and I'll just say, I don't think they're going to have enough wins 
for him to be in this position because it's not surprising to say that in order to win Pac-12 Player of the Year, you got to win some games. And I just think that's going to be really tough for Colorado because they have a target painted on their backs, basically the size of the Jumbotron at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Also, the other guy I'll mention, I think some of you will be surprised, but if you've also listened to this a little bit, you know this is a guy I really like. I think DJ Uyunglele is going to do a lot of really good things at Oregon State. And I think he's going to have a chance to be amongst this. How much... Is he going to throw for on the outside? Are they going to be able to get some of those wins outside of their home state? I That's what's going to be really tough to see. I just, I'm not sure, but I do want to give him the respect as a guy who accomplished a lot of really good things at Clemson. The standard at Clemson is, you know, all-time great college quarterbacks based on what they've put out recently in Trevor Lawrence and a couple other guys up there. So I just, I really think it's going to be tough for him to do it, but I don't want to discredit him either because he's a guy who's done some great things, and I think a change of scenery will do him some wonders. So those are the big competitors. So then what are some of the things those guys need to do? We already mentioned that you got to have a good start. Talked about that. But what else makes kind of these – what else makes the Pac-12 player of the year? Well, you got to have those big moments, right? For example, Cam had – one of the biggest moments of the Pac-12 season last year when he ran in that two-point conversion against USC. You have to make those memorable plays when it matters most. For example, I think a lot of people look at Caleb Williams and what he did against Oregon State early on, right? Yes, that game was a struggle and a slugfest, but when it came down to it late, Caleb Williams was making some plays that helped his team get the win. And Cam Rising's a guy, we know he can do that. We already talked about the non-conference schedule, right? The opportunities he's going to have to be able to do that and some really difficult opponents. But then who do you get? Your first game in conferences against UCLA, a team that beat you last year. You can make a statement at home. Also, speaking of moments, how about going up to Oregon State? That's the only Pac-12 loss that Cam Rising suffered during his 2021 season was going up to Oregon State and taking on the Beavs. He's going to have a great opportunity to go up there, hostile environment, a place that's very difficult for quarterbacks to play in and get a win. That'll be a big moment for him. How about the USC game going to the Trojans? We know... That was kind of the first game, right? 2021, I, I don't know about you guys. I still remember sitting and watching that with my friends and thinking like, man, this Cam Rising guy's special with the show he put on. That flea flicker, I know you guys remember the flea flicker, the special things he was able to do against USC the last time he traveled out to Southern California and played in Trojan Stadium. I think he's got an awesome opportunity to do it there. Then you get Oregon coming home. The Oregon game was the worst game that Cam Rising's ever played as a member of the Utes. It's a great revenge opportunity for him. Get a strong win at home against a team that I think is going to be one of the 15 best teams in college football next season in the Oregon Ducks. Then you have to go up to Washington. So one of the other guys on this list, notice how many guys, right? Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. I mentioned DJ, and we'll get to Shador later with Colorado. Cam's going to get a chance to play all of these guys. So, look, so there's going to be some games where – like Caleb Williams is more than likely going to throw for more yards than Cam Rising when they play. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just on the season, we know he's going to, and there's a good chance he will. What if Cam makes the big plays? What if Cam's the one who powers in, who he has five touchdowns in the game, right? Three through the air, three on the ground, two through the air, whatever it's going to be. What if Cam has more touchdowns and then and Caleb ends up having the costly turnover, right? Then And Utah gets the win. Then people will remember what Cam did during that game. Same thing when they go up to Washington, very tough, hostile environment, Husky Stadium. Remember how special it was for Tyler Huntley and the Utes the last time they went up there? Cam has yet to go up there. I think it's an awesome opportunity for him to go in there and outdo one of the best quarterbacks, not just in the pack, but in college football football in Michael Penix. Then you get Bonix at home, a guy who, look, Cam was obviously not healthy in the Oregon game, but still made some uncharacteristic mistakes, but he was still a lot more healthy than Bonix was that game. And Bonix was still out there making some nice plays, really struggled in the second half. But as I mentioned, he was really hurt in that one. And Cam was injured, but not as hurt as Bonix. So 
You get lots of head-to-head opportunities, big moments, going to be on primetime television, a lot of these two. All the eyeballs are going to be watching. When the eyeballs are on you is when you got to step up, right? Look at a guy in the NFL, right? Like look at Kirk Cousins who dominates kind of those midday games when no one's really watching. And then when the lights are the brightest like that, his numbers aren't as good, right? So then he gets dragged a lot. That's hard for me to say as a Vikings fan. because I actually hit the table even there. So, but that's one of the things that hurts, right? You have to step up or ball out in the biggest moments when the eyes are on you in order to get into the awards. The other thing you got to do is you need to win. Anyone who wins these awards, they put up amazing numbers and their teams win. They're towards the top of the conference. That's what Caleb Williams, right? How many winning plays do you make? For example, Pac-12 stats, right? If we're looking at some of those, like Jaden Delora had more passing yards than Cam Rising, right? But there's obviously, in terms of Pac-12 Player of the Year awards, Cam Rising finished above Jaden Delora. Why is that? Because Cam Rising stepped up, made the big plays when needed to. He didn't throw the back-breaking interceptions at different points on the season. Cam was consistent throughout most of the season, made a couple mistakes, but not as many as Delora, and guided and stepped up for this team when they needed him to most. And it's why every team in the country would take Cam Rising over Jaden Delora to run their system because what of what Cam can do and his ability to step up in those special moments. So as I mentioned, you really, when you're just tying all this together, the number one thing for Cam, right, is that injury. But Coach Witt said he's going to be ready come season open. I am concerned that he has to spend all his offseason time rehabbing instead of working and throwing and all those different things. But I still know this is a guy who's a gamer. He steps up and make plays. Look, without Cam Rising in the Rose Bowl, I mean, how bad would it have been for Utah, right? If we're just going to talk real talk, right? Bryson Barnes was getting eaten alive because all the pressure breaking in because the Nittany Lions were dominating the line of scrimmage. You can see Cam's the kind of guy who's willing to step up, run, take those hits. And yes, I know it cost him in the Rose Bowl, but we know Cam is a special player capable of doing special things. So that's the thing that in terms of not getting those reps, I don't worry about that because I know that Cam, for lack of a better word right now, as the kids like to say, he's got that dog in him. So I know Cam will step up and be ready to go in those moments. And yes, even though the lack of reps is a little concerning, He's thrown to Devon Vele, Brant Keithy, Money Parks, a lot, and Thomas Yasmin too. So I think we'll be okay there. Cam's a guy who stepped up in the bigger, biggest moments, just needs to do two more, more of those. He's a guy who's won in a lot of difficult positions. He's got to do it more this season if he wants to be in this position. And his stats need to be good, but they don't need to be – look, he doesn't need to throw for as many yards as Caleb Williams or Michael Penix, as I mentioned, because also let's factor in his rushing stats because we know Cam's going to be still a tough runner of the football, right? We don't know what that looks like just because of the injury and how up in the air it is is how much he's going to want to run and what he looks like come the time of the Florida game, if he looks like himself right away or if he's going to be kind of like the Cam we saw against Arizona and Stanford where he didn't really want to run in those ones, so – that's what's going to be interesting to watch and see. But as long as he steps up in the big moments, he can kind of overcome not having the jaw-dropping passing numbers like Caleb Williams threw for 4,500 yards last season. Yeah, I don't. we know Cam's not going to throw for that next season. But he can get to 4,000 total yards if you factor in his rushing yards too and just the special plays and moments he makes on the season. So I'm really excited for Cam. It's going to be really tough. Best quarterbacks in the country reside in the pack. Cam is one of the reasons this conference is loaded at the quarterback position. I'm excited to see what he can do. He can absolutely win the 2023 Pac-12 Player of the Year because he's just got to do it, do it a couple more times than what he's already done. And I think it's a mistake to bet bet against Cam Rising. I know any time that I've even kind of thought about it, usually ends up not going so well. So I have a lot of faith in Cam. I'm excited to see him come back, and it's going to be fun to watch how this all plays out because Cam is definitely going to be in the thick of the 2023 Pac-12 Player of the Year race.
You know who else is in the thick of a Pac-12 race? The running Utes. They're having an outstanding basketball season right now, and they just picked up two nice wins against Washington State and Washington. We're going to talk about those wins in a moment, but first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU is opening a new branch in Vineyard in Vineyard to celebrate. UCCU is giving away a 2023 Kawasaki Terry times 4 UTV. Vineyard is one of the fastest growing cities in the state. The new branch offers all the benefits of a two UCCU branch members. They have multiple drive-up lanes, 24 hours, ATMs, and UCCU's brand new interactive teller machines, or ITM for short, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCCU professional, either in the branch of branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. To celebrate the new Vineyard UCCU branch, enter to win a 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times 4 UTV winner that will be announced in April just in time for some summer fun. Stop by UCCU's new branch in Vineyard, conveniently located next to the Megaplex Theaters and Top Golf, or enter at uccu.com. You don't have to be a member of UCCU to enter either, and there is no purchase necessary. Once again, you don't have to be a member to answer, enter, so make sure you guys head over and cash in on this great offer from UCCU. Love where you bank. Alrighty, close this one out with some basketball talk. Um, I got a chance the first time this season to go up and watch the running youths play in person. I've been doing so from my TV for some of the earlier episodes you guys tuned in on. And man, I was really impressed with watching this team take care of business against Washington. I tell you what, and uh, you know, Washington is obviously not as good as Utah, but what do you do when you play a team that's not as good? You take care of business and dang, that's what the youths did. Um, I've been, I was a Utah student for three years, obviously the 2020, um, my junior year at Utah was, a uh, not much to write home about basketball wise in terms of atmosphere, especially because just couldn't have fans last year. And then last season, you get a winless January. Right. But tell you guys what, when I came in there and I got there a little late too, I had uh, some traffic and some other work stuff that didn't let me get up there early. Um, I love the crowd. I thought the crowd was awesome. It's one of the best ones I've seen for a non BYU game since I've been at Utah. And they were into it too. Just that sequence where Gabe Madsen hit those couple of threes and the youths were getting big time blocks, turning defense into offense. Raleigh Wooster had that sick whip around pass, right? Like that's fun basketball. And and Madsen's drilling off balance threes, catch and shoot, and the roof's ready to explode off the Huntsman. That's just not something I've seen a lot since I attended Utah in my first year was 2019. Like that's just something that hasn't happened. And that's what has is so great about this team. Coach Smith has these guys playing so hard. All the players are bought in the chemistry on this team. That's the biggest thing, right? I feel like that's such a difference from last season, right? We talk about some of those players from last season just felt like they weren't happy with their roles. Things weren't clicking. You added younger guys. So that's one of the biggest things is right when you have chemistry, consistency coming back. I've talked about it a lot on this show about that mix of the youth and the veterans, right? Marco Anthony does so many things well. Um, including taking rebounds away from teammates to give them triple doubles. But it did that rebound did give Marco a double double, which hey, I once your team gets the win, I understand why you look at it then and be like, hey, I want to get my double double as well. So I get that. But Marco just makes so many winning plays out there. This guy always steps up. He's a monster defensively and just a guy you know you can always go to in these situations. And speaking of monsters, I mean, come on, Brandon Carlson, are you kidding me? He was the first basketball player I interviewed when I was back up with the um the athletic department. I did a little feature story on him coming over. Um uh, funny thing too, I actually remember he showed me a video of uh, him dunking on Jabari Parker. I did believe it was real at the time, but, um, but now you watch, I think you hear that now from Brandon Carlson being like, yeah, I dunked on Jabari Parker. I didn't believe it until he showed me the video back in 2019 when he had just gotten back from his mission. And you can see the physical transformation from when he first got up to the U to now. And oh my goodness, I mean, he's an absolute monster. And he absolutely dominated the Huskies last night. I mean, are you kidding me? Overall.
overall for the game for Brandon Carlson, he had 25 points, 10 of 17 from the field, one of two from the outside, four or five from the free throw line, was getting after on the rebounds, being a strong rim protector for the Utes, and just really establishing his presence down low. Washington had a seven-footer, but um, you could tell who the clear best big was down there and uh, what they were trying to do, playing zone, doubling Carlson, trying to take him away, and that's where Brandon makes a nice pass to set those guys up and those guys knocking down shots. As I mentioned, especially Gabe Matson, who had 17, including those threes where he just absolutely took the roof off the Huntsman. One of my, once again, one of my favorite moments I've ever witnessed what just attending events inside that building. Um, any sport, honestly, we talk about volleyball, gymnastics, men's and women's basketball was um, just seeing how the roof just exploded off the place, watching the bench get fired up for him too. So I just love that too. And we mentioned the young guys, right? So talked about the seniors, the, but the young guys, Gabe Madsen, what the ele- evolution of his game, right? Being a guy who can attack more off the dribble, Last year, if guys closed out on him aggressively, he didn't really put it on the deck and take it inside, right? That's what he's able to do this year. Guys close out aggressively. He's taking it to the rack and finishing acrobatically. It's something that's great to see. Stefanovic, what he's meant coming off the bench. Um, Kaba did get hurt in this one. That's concerning because obviously the center depth isn't really there. So then when you kind of deal into like Marco going small ball five or um, when you get Ben Carlson kind of doing things, which Ben Carlson, I, I forget he's out there sometimes, but he does a lot of really good things like, oh, that's a nice pass. Oh, that's a nice rebound. Oh. Like that's kind of Ben Carlson's game is it flies under the radar because you got all these other guys that are stepping up and doing special things. And I've apologized numerous times for my treatment and I just the statements before about Raleigh Wooster, but man, he did a great job running the show. I was really impressed with him in this one. Once again, a near triple, a near triple double for him, nine rebounds, 10 assists, five of eight shooting from the field. He had the, the one missed three that got blocked. So like outside of that, I mean, he was, like I said, sensei. I think Raleigh's done a great job. Coach Smith has his team bought in. These guys are playing hard. They're fun to watch. They get after it defensively. I like the way they rotate well. And look, I think last year's team, like they got up by 20, then Washington cut the lead to 10. And then that's where like last year's team, I think they would have blown that because they just didn't have the experience. They weren't ready for those kind of moments. This year's teams, no, they take care of business against these inferior opponents. And that's what's really exciting as a Utah basketball fan is to see them do that. So I was really excited to be up there. It was fun watching this team get after. I can't wait to go up to some of the more of these home games when they get going because, and I implore any of you guys who haven't, I know there's a lot of you who already have supported this team. If you haven't made it up to a game, I'd recommend doing it on a Thursday and a Saturday. They're a lot of fun to watch. These guys have fun playing together. They make highlight plays. I mean, it was dunks galore against Washington. They do a good job sharing the ball too. They had 20 assists in this one. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Also, how about those points in the paint? 48 to 22. Domination inside, courtesy of Brandon Carlson. And just a good job by the Utes putting pressure and attacking the rim, right? So so the only thing I'm concerned about is how long Cabo is going to be out for. There's been no official word on that. So came out back to the bench in, a, in an air cast, I believe, that we could see from uh, just sitting in the stand. So either way, though, this Utah basketball team continues to roll. It's really exciting to watch them, see what they continue to do. They got a some few more games coming up this Thursday and Saturday. We're actually going to have Coach Joe Cravens on the pod this week to preview and talk about those a little bit later in the week. So make sure you guys keep it here. But once again, I mean, this team is 14 and 7. They already won more games than they won last season. This season, ever since they beat Arizona, right? That was kind of like the okay, it was already a step. But then you have a couple of deflating losses, but. Now, I have a great opportunity taking on Oregon State and Oregon to get the Oregon back for the win they already got against them. And then eventually they're going to obviously have to take on Arizona, USC, UCLA, all those schools too. So it's going to be tough and fun. I am really excited to see what the future holds for this Utah basketball team because basketball is back at the Huntsman and it is exciting to talk about. 
Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every single day, something else that's a lot of fun to talk about, speaking of college basketball, is Locked On College Basketball. Make sure you guys check out the brand new podcast where they talk about everything college basketball in one place. You can hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to Locked On Utes. That's going to do it for today's episode, but we'll see you tomorrow.